Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love. Love at first listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. John is on a vacation week, but I got everything in place here on Friday. Next hour, we'll be hearing from the Moist Line callers, as many as we could rustle up in this short week. We'll also have a hack for the dumpster, a special interview in one hour with an Inland Empire assemblyman who's been on our show many times before, and he also fights the continued good fight in Sacramento. His name is Bill Asali. And, uh, well, he's being called a white supremacist. Turns out he's of Lebanese descent and is actually a Muslim. But um, he's being called a white supremacist. And all deals with affirmative action, which is trying to make a comeback from some politicians in Sacramento. We'll talk to Bill in one hour about this whole story and play some audio, too, concerning the other legislator who referred to him as a white supremacist. Well, we're going to be. Oh, we're also keeping an eye on the LA City Council. Current uh, Price is up for possible suspension. He was charged last week with 10 felonies from the LA County District Attorney's Office. And of course, usually what they do after a case like this is they suspend the legislator, the city council member. They've done this in the past. But now they're having a committee look at it first. Three members of the committee are hearing from the public and deliberating, and who knows how long they'll take before. 
they do or do not recommend that the entire city council look at the suspension of current price. So I'll be talking about that with Daniel Gus from the Gus Report coming up later on this hour. We begin with the award-winning Steve Gregory from KFI News, <laughs> who, of course, uh, has unsolved uh, his weekend show, but he's also here to talk about a couple of stories. But the first is a special that's going to air on Sunday, beginning at 4 o'clock, called He Said, She Said, They Said. And the first thing I notice about that, Steve, they is to cover non-binary people, or yeah, it, because that's part of the new conversation now, you know. And uh, this was sort of born from the recent clashes between parents and school districts over, you know, whether or not their kids should be taught alternate lifestyles in school, and is that the appropriate venue to introduce children and students to, you know, LGBTQ plus lifestyles, uh, you know, non-binary. Uh, transgender is this is this the appropriate venue and that therein lies sort of the rub here and so the two-hour special on sunday at 4 p.m all we're really doing here we're not solving the problem we're not answering the questions we're presenting the points of view so we've, we've been able to curate uh, the people that support educating the children at an early age about that lifestyle and we we talk to those who think that's not the appropriate venue to educate children on that lifestyle, that that should be something left to the privacy of someone's home. So we just present all the sides of this issue, at least, at least as many sides as we can. And we do interview one of the nuns that was at the center, uh, was part of the group that was at the center of the controversy with the Dodgers last week. And so we- Oh, the yeah. Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Yep, we interview one of the, the nuns, one of the sisters, Sister Unity, in fact, we spoke Sister with. Sister Unity. Yep, and Sister Unity gave us, uh, laid it all out and talked to us a little bit about their point of view and uh, what she thinks about all of the hubbub. And uh, I asked questions about, well, what do you think about this curriculum thing? And she gives us an answer on that. We also speak with a, um, a young person who identifies as a um, non-binary transgender person and uh, they identify as they them and they just graduated from high school recently and so we talk a little bit about what life was like for this person growing up in high school without what uh, they said was lack of information about what they were going through and the transition they were going through and yeah, so we we talk about that a lot and then we talk to a parent who had um, her daughter uh, taken away from her by DCFS and then put into a foster care. And then uh, the mother claims that that daughter was sort of indoctrinated into this alternative lifestyle and given, you know, gender blocker or puberty blockers and things of that nature in school. And eventually uh, she killed herself at 19 years old. So um, this woman uh, talks to us a lot about um, the problems that she faced as a mom dealing with a child and having a school district sort of dictate what the child should be going through as opposed to a parent. So it, we, we kind of cover a lot of bases. Yeah. First of all, I mean, the last two things you talked about, a non-binary transgender person mm -hmm. you described. So uh, I'm not sure how to even... They were either male or female, right? And they, they transgendered well, into non-binary? Is that what you're saying? Her assigned gender at birth was but female. Assigned. Right. And then she realized, she said early on, that she wanted to be a boy. And she wanted to trans transition into becoming a boy. So the problem but is... But a non-binary boy. Non-binary boy. So now... Was she, no, wait a minute. Isn't that contradictory? Well, well. so she wasn't non-binary until she got older. So she was transitioning first. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, so, but that's how she identifies herself as a uh, non-binary transgender person. So she's sort of, because um, I asked about dating. I said, well, what are you doing in the dating world? I mean, are you, do you have prospects? Are you seeing someone and things of that nature? And uh, they, we get into that as well. So, oh, but the, the, the issue was that um, when she was a girl and she was starting to have these feelings and urges, um, that she said she didn't really have anyone to turn to because it was un, uh, what you know was not traditional. It was not the same kinds of urges her friends were having. And How old is this person? Do you know? Uh, well, now she's eighteen. Uh, oh, that's still pretty young. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but uh, so this was, I think, she said she was ten, nine or ten years old when she started to go through those those urges and those uh, yeah. you know those different points of of view. And so we kind of explore that a little bit, and then we actually talked to a. Uh, parents of a transgender child who is socially transitioned and that's the that's something i learned from this too there's a medical transition and a social transition hmm well what i well i think we mostly understand medical what's right. social transition well you just feel like it but you don't do anything physical to yourself so you go through the whole the whole process of maybe uh changing your look and cutting your hair and wearing uh clothing of your opposite gender or whatever the case is you identify in every way shape or form as a different person except you leave the, all of the uh you know leave all your body parts in place that's what complicates the story right. because now we have sometimes the people that compete in sports right mm -hmm. without transitioning physically which some believe makes them a bit of an overmatch particularly what i'm saying is people who are born men who now compete as females in female sports, but they haven't fully transitioned. So that's that's one of the big issues right now going on in some of the sports worlds. Right, and if we'd had more time, we, we could have explored that. Um, but we, I mean, just in this kind of small piece of this dialogue with the schools and sort of the schools being neutral ground and neutral territory, um, I mean, there's a, it was just everyone has such an opinion on this, and it's a very strong opinion. I mean, it's very, very strong. I mean, the fact that violence is breaking out. And here's the thing I will also tell you. Some of these protests, um, in fact, even even Sister Unity that I spoke to you a few moments ago about said that uh, even she recognized the fact that a lot of these people that were showing up against what they believed in were peaceful. But you had a series of agitators show up. You had your Antifa and your, and your uh, you know, your anarchists and... Uh, the Proud Boys and and those kinds of organizations were showing up in the middle of all these protests, kind of messing the whole thing up. Uh, the other story that you mentioned I wanted to spend a moment on, you talked to a woman who said that her daughter was given puberty blocker what, medication yeah. by the school? By the, well, yeah, uh, she was counseled into doing that and going through the transition and 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 where to get this medical uh, I mean, where to get this medical care from you can and, do that without the parents consent or was there another parent involved no here? that was that was her assertion and that's the problem she said she had with this and because well, that is a problem yeah, yeah you can't and, have the school doing things without parental uh, involvement and eventually it messed her up mentally and she was so confused and just so conflicted with her life and she says she ended up killing herself at 19 and this was just a couple years ago yeah, I think I, I did see that woman's photo in a story the other day, yeah. and I was reading part of it. You had a chance to talk to mm -hmm. her. Uh, yep. Uh, okay. All right. Well, why don't you stay right there? Because, oh, and by the way, um, do you think that some of this, both sides exaggerate? That's what I get sometimes. I feel like some of the protesters that showed up in Glendale think this is all about indoctrination. And the other side says, no, we just want to make the kids aware that these people exist in society. But... 
I do agree. You shouldn't be going so far as to get into the specifics of the sexual behaviors of right. people that identify. That's where I think the, the line is here. Well, you're right. And, and so you and I, uh, in our respective roles in this business, have been covering conflict for decades. Yes. And in both sides of this conflict are always some sort of exaggerative points. Whether That's it's how I feel about both sides. I think they're both trying to pull people on their side yeah. by exaggerating exactly what's at stake here. Yeah. Besides or, the fact that this is a very, very small, even Gavin Newsom said this, give him credit, that this is a very, very small segment of society we're talking about in general who yeah. fall into this category of but they uh, have questioning loud, but or they trans. Have the, or, they have the loudest voice right now. Yeah, don't you think Pride Month has really propelled that? Just because sure. that's well, Pride that's Month, the, social media, and 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 the media's sensitivity to these issues now. These issues, just like it was with Black Lives Matter movements and right. immigration. I mean, you know, and the media really drives. They they basically set the trend. Media sets the trend. So yeah. it always has. All right. Well, stay right there. When we come back, sure. we're going to talk about uh, this other story that you've been covering concerning a man who's being charged with trying to hire someone to kill someone else that someone else made a negative documentary on the, on the right and question. this person was paris hilton's business partner uh, yeah, i haven't heard about paris hilton in a while what yep. is she up to she i think i saw her in a commercial a few months ago all right steve gregory kfi news is with us and again if you uh, want to tune in on sunday afternoon at 4 p.m it's a two-hour special uh it is again as we just talked about it's called he said she said they said Johnny Ken Show, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM640. We'll take a look at the current price situation. The Los Angeles City Council member is facing a suspension, but it starts with a three-person committee to determine whether or not it goes to the full city council to vote on whether or not to suspend current price, who's been charged with 10 felonies. A big crowd showed up. I talked to Blake Trolley earlier in the show, mostly, well, really all, current price supporters uh, to have their public say. So this will probably go on for hours. I'll be talking to Daniel Gus for the Gus Report after 2.30 for the latest on that story. We're with Steve Gregory from KFI News, who, of course, is the host of Unsolved on the weekend. And we just mentioned at 4 o'clock Sunday, there was a special, KFI News special, He Said, She Said, They Said. But Steve's also covering this story. And you know what stood out right away, right away, Steve, <laughs> in this story, other than the Paris Hilton connection, right. was that this guy calls himself Prince Fred. And Prince Fred, of course, we knew as the husband of Zsa, Zsa Gabor. Oh, my gosh. I'd forgotten about him. Yeah, he calls himself Pr oh. Frederick van Anhalt. Anhalt, yeah. Yeah, he used to call himself that because, well, I think he purchased the title from somebody yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so when I saw that, it's like I did a double take. <laughs> Prince Fred. But this Prince Fred, who's got a pretty complicated name, what's it? Fridun Kalilian? No, it's uh, Feridun Kalilian. Feridun Kalilian. Mm -hmm. uh, this man is connected to Paris Hilton Howe. Well, he used to be a co-owner with Paris Hilton back in Orlando, Florida. They had uh, Club Paris together. It was a, a you know a kind of a pink themed club, nightclub, and whatnot. And uh, and Kalilian was also partners with um, a rap artist that was uh, involved with uh, putting out the Beats headphones, a uh, very popular uh, Beats headphones. Yeah, those were so, really popular. Yeah, so right? he had a he ran in some very very A list circles. But the, this story begins back in 09 when this guy, only described as John Doe in the complaint of the FBI, uh, met Kalilian in Miami 
Uh, John Doe was working in a computer store, and Kalilian went in to have a computer repaired. And he was so impressed by how John Doe fixed his computer that he offered him a job. And he got him a job. He was making three times more the money than he was making at this IT shop. Hmm. Well, this guy began working for him. But then John Doe started to see different sides of Kalilian. And he saw that he was basically running this uh, robocall sweatshop. And it was targeting elderly people and selling them car warranties. <laughs> and he didn't like that. He thought it was, you know, unethical. He didn't, wasn't, you know, didn't really care for it. So he, I see those ads on TV, too, for those oh, car warranties. It's, it's horrible. And then I get my phone's ringing constantly with these warranties. So he eventually phased himself out of that operation and moved to the West Coast here in Los Angeles, where he enrolled in some film classes, wanted to be a filmmaker. And then fast forward to 2019, when the two ran into each other out here in L.A. and, it, you know, just randomly met each other again. And then he told Kalili, and he says, oh, no, I'm doing films now. I'm, you know, I'm a documentarian, and I'd love to do a documentary on you. Kalilian took the bait and said, okay, great. And so Kalilian thought this documentary that was going to be produced was going to show his sort of his business acumen and how successful he is and the fact that he's a prince from the UAE and he's got all these great connections. It's basically his lifestyle. Well, right. this guy had different ideas because he already known what he was up to. So... It's in his interviews, he was talking with girlfriends and bodyguards and other folks. Well, it got back to Kalilian that, hey, by the way, you know, this guy's asking some pretty weird questions and a lot of negative stuff starting to come out. Well, Kalilian started getting a little panicky. And at one point, he reaches out to a bodyguard. Well, this bodyguard had been working for a very famous rap artist whom they, do, they don't identify they don't in name, the documents. Yeah. But they said that the rap artist had to go to prison for human trafficking so um, I guess if you really wanted to do the homework, you'd kind of figure it out. So mm -hmm. this bodyguard needed a job, so he goes to work for Kalilian. So he starts doing Kalilian's bidding, if you will, and goes over to the documentary guy, John Doe, and is like, you know, what do you, what's this all about? Well, he ends up sort of realizing that John Doe is not a bad guy, and even the bodyguard starts to see some weird behavior from Kalilian. So the bodyguard and John Doe sort of come together and sort of form an alliance, and Finally, one day, Kalilian tells the bodyguard, we need to get rid of this guy. We need to get rid of John Doe. Doe. Yeah. Can you figure it out? So what happens is he tells John Doe, I've just been hired to kill you. And John Doe says, okay, well, let's do it. Let's make it happen. So John Doe and the bodyguard stage a murder scene at an apartment here in Los Angeles. Really? This is, this is in March of this year. Wow. And so they staged this murder scene complete with photos. I'm actually figuring out, you know, I'm trying to get the photo posted on Instagram right now because they put the photo in the federal document showing the murder scene, the fake murder scene. Was it a shooting, a stabbing? What kind of a fake murder was all it? All it shows is him laying face down on the floor with blood coming out of his head, but it was all fake. Oh, yeah. And, it, and his hands are zip tied behind his back. To convince Prince Fred that it's been done. Exactly. Huh? So they sent him a bunch of these pictures. And at one point, the bodyguard even asks... Prince Fred, hey, do you want other proof? Like, you know, a, a finger or an ear or something like that. <laughs> Prince Fred says, yeah. And then he oh. says, no, you know, never mind. I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that. Oh. So he goes back. They I guess they recorded all this too or well, something? Well, yeah. So they, yeah. they keep track of everything. By now, John Doe's contacted the FBI. And the FBI's like, okay, let's set up a sting operation. So they wire up the uh, bodyguard because by now – you know, John Doe's out of the picture because he's dead, presumably, fake dead. And so the bodyguard starts engaging in these phone conversations because Kalilian still has to pay the money, but he's not doing it all up front. He's doing little 
increments like $1,000 here, $4,000 there through Venmo and WhatsApp and other, other online pay services. And then eventually they have enough material to where they, uh, on this on Wednesday of this week, they found Kalilian at a Dunkin' Donuts in Las Vegas and arrested him. And now they're <laughs> extraditing him back to Los Angeles to face the charges. Do we know how much Kalilian was paying for this murder he wanted carried out? $20,000. It was 20000 I tell you what, John Doe has quite a documentary now, doesn't he? Oh, heck yeah. Are you kidding? And now... This just really oh, upped this... it now. There'll be a lot more interest in this story. Uh, hell, I'm thinking, God, everyone gets the breaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it says here, do we know what was... Because Kalilian was not happy with what uh, John Doe was putting together, the documentary. Right. I see some story here in the Daily Mail that he may have been uh, accused of sexual assault. Kalilian was. Well, Kalilian's got a bit of a checkered past. He's got all yeah. kinds of issues going back uh, many years. Yeah, he had... He had um, I think he had faced some allegations of, uh, uh, of, of assault, uh, sexual assault, business practices. In fact, that, that company I was telling you about with that Beats Audio or the Beats yeah. headphones, they, they actually had a, like a restraining order against him at one point. Things got so bad. So he had a, a really checkered past. The crazy thing is, is um, I don't even know if this, where this guy's from. Uh, he is a U.S. resident, but I don't know if he's a U.S. citizen. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't, I, you know, I don't know much more about him other than, um, what's been in the, the federal document here. And I just did a quick search online and found out, you know, he's got all kinds of stuff in his past, but, um, yeah. this will be interesting. Yeah. It says here, Kalilian now works in cryptocurrency. When you read that, well, you yeah, think, well, well there, yeah, there's there the, the, the yeah. jack of all trades, master of nothing in particular. <laughs> we all was working something nebulous like cryptocurrency or consulting. Well, it'll be interesting to see, you know, where this goes, if he ends up pleading out or because they have a lot of evidence here. I mean, I'm, when I'm looking through the documents here, uh, the charge document and, you know, it's 16 pages and there's some there's. Oh, yeah. The fake murder scene. And I'm sure the fake he's murder probably, scene, yeah. there's the photo and everything. It's pretty interesting. So. All right, Steve, thank you very you much. Have a good weekend, Ken. Uh, you too, Steve Gregory, KFI News. Coming up next, we'll delve back into the committee hearing that's going on today at L.A. City Council about whether or not to suspend uh, council member current price charged last week with 10 felonies. It is three council members who are going to debate this and, of course, listen for the public. Uh, there's a lot of people that showed up and then decide whether or not to send it to the full council for a vote on suspending current price. I'll be talking to Daniel Gus, the Gus Report, next. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere. It's the iHeartRadio app. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. 
when I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, Kibi Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. John has the week off. Uh, coming up next hour, 3 o'clock Friday, yeah, we managed to rustle up uh, Moistline callers for you, round one, around 3.20, and again coming up at 3.50. In between, the mob will be here to throw a hack into the dumpster. One of the stories we're following this afternoon is an L.A. City Council committee. Three members are deliberating and hearing from the public about whether or not to suspend current price. The L.A. City Council member faces 10 felony charges announced last week by the L.A. County District Attorney dealing with embezzlement. It's a corruption case, another one involving an L.A. City Council member. We first go quickly to Blake Trolley, who's covering this for KFI News. And the public showed up in force in favor of current price. And Blake... Oh, well, I have a note from Ray that uh, Blake's coming on first. Okay. All right. We're going to switch. We're going to get Daniel Gus from the Gus Report on first for uh, his take on all of this. Have you been following this, Daniel? Yes. Yes. Uh, hey, uh, Ken, thanks for having me back. Yeah, I've been following it. And, and, and your sources are correct, as uh, Blake may be telling you, that it is overwhelmingly the people who are speaking are overwhelmingly in favor of uh, keeping current price on the council um, and, and, and representing them. So there's a lot of very good will in his favor that has very little to do with the issue at hand, which is his indictment. Yeah, they're, they're, they're basically just making the case because he's an important representative of our community. I heard them this morning on the news. But the precedent, Daniel, uh, as we have seen with several other city council members, is that you get suspended. Is it not? Absolutely. And, and what a lot of these people, and they're good people, a lot of clergy, there's a lot of church-like call and response, you know, say his name, current price, da 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 da, da things like that. And they are about um, the, uh, the benefit of the doubt that a defendant would get in a courtroom, innocent until proven guilty. But the committee is about the rule that is in place for circumstances like this. And most of Los Angeles is, or at least the people who follow this stuff, is familiar with these rules because that's what happened when Mark Ridley Thomas had a similar but not identical problem when he was indicted um, before he was eventually convicted on federal charges. 
So this meeting is about the rule that the city council is supposed to follow, not innocent until proven guilty, which is the rule in court. Yeah, that's what I heard a lot of the supporters say. He's innocent until proven guilty, so you can't suspend him. But the precedent and the city charter allows them to suspend him. In fact, as we talked about yesterday, the city controller says that he was willing to not pay uh, current price if he gets suspended. And that's what this is about. Current price immediately gave up all of his responsibilities on the city council, but he wants that money. And it's it, you can tell people how much do they get, Gus? It's a significant amount, right? I, I believe it's about 200 now because it's... <laughs> How hilariously that it is, and ironically, it is aligned with what judges make, which I think is in the $226,000, $230,000 range, a little bit more for the city council president and the headaches that come along with the power of being city council president. So, yeah, it's about a lot of money. It's also about his pension, which is more money, and his benefits. And, um, and, and, and of course, the next three and a half years that he should – uh, is expected to represent on city council. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's about what the rule is here. It's about keeping his, uh, his money, but it's also a lot about keeping his power. Yeah. Well, it, 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 and, and that, that's what they're going to have to decide. Now, we know that there's three members of this committee. One of them is council president, Paul Krikorian. The other two are Marquise Harris Dawson, who apparently has already been saying he's scratching his head over the charges. So he will probably vote not to suspend current price. The third is Hugo Soto Martinez, who I have read looks to be in favor of suspending current price. Uh, what do you think Krikorian's going to do with this? Uh, if history is any indication, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're going to gushingly say that they respect, uh, that he respects uh, uh, Marquise Harris Dawson's view and Soto Martinez, at least until recent, stated uh, view. And I don't see any chance that the decision is going to be made today. I think these politicians, although it's, it's really not a positive thing, I think politicians relish the spotlight that comes in moments of crisis. I, if I were to to uh, look into my crystal ball. I think they all want their moment to make a soundbite for the news media on TV and in the newspaper. So I think that there is a subcontext here where they're all looking to have their moment to be the, the person who says it and brings it all together. They want to have a lot of people in. So I don't see any chance that it's going to happen, that a decision will be made today. If it is, I will be shocked. I will absolutely be shocked. I think it's going to be punted to next Tuesday or Wednesday, and um, and we'll see how it goes. And I suspect that they will narrowly, I, I think a, a slight majority will vote to suspend him. The question is, can he be suspended with pay or suspended without pay, which was a big factor in the close but not identical Mark Ridley-Thomas case. So I think a lot of things have to be decided, and I don't think Krikorian is going to be the one to to say, I'm king, even though he has a king mentality. Uh, I don't think he's going to be the one to say, this is what's going to happen. I think he's going to let everybody be heard. Yeah, well, in the Mark Ridley-Thomas case, the argument was, well, these crimes that are allegedly occurred when he was on the Board of Supervisors, not in his duties on city council, so you can't suspend him right. from that. That was one of the arguments that they made. Whereas Price, right. he's being accused of these crimes while he was a member of the city council. So we don't have that distinction. I'm reading a column. I don't know if you saw it in City Watch, uh, mm -hmm. Daniel, by a guy by the name of Richard Lee Abrams, who was wondering yeah, why Gascon well. did this. And, 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 and you know him well. Okay. And, and first of all, he has questions about the statute of limitations. 
uh, on some of the charges here, thinking that time has run out. Uh, but he also wonders if this isn't Gascon coming after members of the city council who are not the wokest of the woke, as he calls it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, then why would he be? Uh, <laughs> then why would he be going after Curran Price? You know, I mean, he he has a lot. Of, he may not be the wokest of the woke, but I I I I, I respect Rick. Rick actually has a, a background as a lawyer. And so he may know those nuances of the statutes of limitations uh, better than I do. And, and he's a very opinionated guy. He's a very good writer. Um, but but um, I think that's a lot of hooey, just in the same way that Marquise Harris Dawson said that, that he feels that racist prosecutors are, are quote unquote, hunting black politicians. Well, I only know of one black politician who the feds went after and right. one black politician who the district attorney went after. So I think I think that people can see it through whatever lens that they want. Um, and because if you look hard enough, you can justify your opinion. Um, and, but this is really a matter of what do the rules say and are they going to are they going to honor the rules? And, and Rick makes some good points about the statute of limitations, uh, but he, you know, he said he said he's going to go back and, and check to see if there's a flaw in his thinking because he has a very uh, methodical way of of, um, of assessing these things. And I don't always agree with with Rick, um, but 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 he gets his views out there. Well, knowing D.A. George Gascon and the people he now has in that office doing a lot of the cases, I wouldn't be surprised if they screwed this up because that's the whole incredible impression I get of that uh, particular office. So you think that uh, this will drag into next week and uh, eventually the whole city council is going to have to vote on this, right? Yeah, I I mean, the the, the answer to your question is yes. I do think it's – I can't imagine that it's not going to go to next week because that means Krikorian will be the guy who decides it all. And I think, like I said, there, I, I think you're going to see all sorts of grandstanding about it, uh, and which is unfortunate because this is a criminal matter that goes far beyond bigamy. It, it, it's, it's conflict of interest. It, it, it's uh, embezzlement, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, 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 you know, that's what it's about is what do we do in circumstances like this? And are we going to follow the rules? And another thing is it sets a precedent for the next case because I have zero zero confidence that this will be the last one and and i think some pretty big names it would not surprise me if they are indicted current elected officials and recent elected officials and and so the question is now what are you going to do so that the next time this comes up you're not going to have another conflict of interest but right now people are just playing the race card about it um and and so far at least as far as the meeting that blake is in uh, and by the way, it's a very small room with lots of overflow. They chose a very small room uh, in City Hall for this kind of thing. Only a couple of dozen people can be there at one time. So, <laughs> oh, I see. You have to take turns. <laughs> yeah. And, and of course, all of the regular kooks are there and they all have their own agenda. And they want to. Yeah, that's what I wondered if it was the Kevin DeLeon people that were screaming about him resigning. It's the same crowd. I know there's a lot of activists, so I thought it might be some of the same people trying to keep current price on the council. All right, Daniel, I got to go, well, but I, I, I'll probably be talking to you again next week. Daniel Gus, the Gus anytime, Report. Anytime you need me, Ken. Thank you, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, you can follow him on Substack and also at the Gus Report on Twitter. Uh, we got more coming up. We'll play some of this audio from the mob that has uh, shown up in support of Current Price. When I come back, John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand. 
from KFI AM 640. Three o'clock hour is here Friday, so we got two rounds of the Moist Line coming your way. The first up around 3.20 and the next at the end of the show around 3.50. In between, we will throw a hack in the dumpster, and it's directly related to the guest we're going to have coming on the air after three o'clock a Republican assembly member by the name of Bill Asali, who uh, is being called a white supremacist. And it all deals with affirmative action, which the voters first voted against affirmative action uh, back in the early 2000s. That was uh, actually 1996. Uh, we voted for Proposition 209. That was reaffirmed in 2020 with another attempt to scale back uh, the uh, movement against affirmative action in the state. Anyway, there is an assembly member in Sacramento that's trying to open the door again to affirmative action. And because Bill was opposed, he's now being labeled as a white supremacist or a supporter of white supremacists. We'll bring in the whole story coming up right after the news at 3 o'clock on the John and Ken Show. Well, we've been following the action at L.A. City Hall. The city council has got a three-person committee, which is hearing from the public. It's probably going to go on for many hours about whether or not to suspend Curran Price. Curran Price was charged last week with 10 felonies by the Los Angeles County District Attorney. He is the fourth member of the Los Angeles City Council in just the last several years to be charged with crimes. The others either pled out or were convicted. Uh, Blake Trolley's covering this for KFI News, and he sent us some audio of the uh, of the mob that's shown up in Curran Price's favor. Let's uh, Let's listen. So... Okay, I, what I what I want to really want I have I have my notes. I'm just um, I made a comment yesterday that if we were on the on the west side and council member and somebody mentioned this, um, he was a Caucasian man. He would be innocent until proven guilty. Unfortunately, regardless of his accolades, if you've everyone's heard everything he's done, he's doing in our community. At the end of the day, he's a black man that is fighting. He's being treated as he's guilty and he has to prove his innocence. This is sad. We have to stop this. We are in a community where all folks that look like us are fighting that. So I do ask everyone um, that you really take a step back and not suspend our council member and our voice from our community. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Now, that's one of the speakers today at the L.A. City Council meeting who was making the case. And I'm, I'm trying to look this up on the fly here because the only one of the four I mentioned that had previously been charged on the city council with some form of corruption was from the Valley, Mitch Englander. Mitch Englander is a white guy. He's not from the West Side, but he's from the San Fernando Valley. And, of course, he was charged by the feds with corruption. He eventually uh, uh, pled out in the case and did serve some time. But I was trying to see whether or not he got suspended. He eventually did get sentenced to prison. He got he served three years and uh, he had to pay a fine. But um, I'm not sure whether or not he actually got suspended. I'm trying to find that. But I would imagine that's the course. We know what happened with Mark Ridley. I mean, honestly, that's the problem we're having here with this entire case is the city council is walking on eggshells. We all know what happened last year when the three Latino city council members, Gil Cedillo and Kevin DeLeon, uh, they were talking about representation on the city council. And they were trying to find a way 
to figure out if they could get more Latinos elected to city council office. I read a story about the current prices district. And even though the black population is way down from where it was 20 or 30 years ago, uh, black voters are still about 25% of the turnout, even though their representation is less than that. It's a largely Latino district. So they're very sensitive now, uh, particularly, you know, since what happened in 2020 to George Floyd and the whole movement in the country uh, concerning the awakening, the wokeness, the reckoning, all these different words from it. Very sensitive now at issues involving black politicians, particularly if they've been charged with crimes. And of course, this crowd just shows up to say that it's racist. He's innocent until proven guilty. You can't do anything until he's had his day in court and he's made his case. But that's not the precedent. Uh, they're allowed to suspend, particularly when it comes to felonies. And that's what they should do in this case. But I think this is going to get dragged out for several days. And as we talked about with uh, Daniel Gus from the Gus Report, the guy in the middle of all this is the city council president, Paul Krikorian, uh, because he may be the deciding vote. This is a three-person committee. And if two decide on suspension, then it goes to the full city council to, uh, to vote on. If they decide against suspension, I guess the whole issue was dead. So with one vote in favor and one vote against is what we think might happen, uh, unless Hugo Soto Martinez decides he's not going to vote for suspension because this crowd turned out. We talked to Blake earlier in the show. He said that uh, Krikorian wanted to make sure that we had public input before we made this decision. It's very important to him. Well, the public input today, if that's what he's going to go by, is a room full of current price supporters who are going to make the case that he should not be suspended. So if that's how he's going to decide, which is ridiculous, that's what kind of an imbecile we're dealing with in, in, in Paul Krikorian. So we'll keep an eye on this story. Then it develops in the next hour before we go off. Uh, we'll bring it to you with Blake Trolley covering this for KFI News. All right, when I return, we're going to have a conversation with an Inland Empire State Assembly member by the name of Bill Asaley. And he, he is being called a white supremacist by a black member of the assembly, also from the Inland Empire. And this deals with affirmative action. The voters in California voted in 1996 to ban affirmative action when it comes to mostly government services. And then the voters uh, kept that going in 2020 when there was an attempt to dismantle uh, part of the law against affirmative action. Well, there's another attempt in Sacramento to put before voters a constitutional amendment dealing with affirmative action. And, and Bill went on the record against it, and now he's being called a white supremacist. We'll play some of the audio, bring you the full story. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Mark Ronner has the news. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. 
Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.